0: Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. We so frequently talk about all the ways that the flora and the fauna of Australia can and will kill you that we forget to talk about the people who have actually made a life in the middle of all that like, say, 35-year-old Mark Rapley, who along with his wife Chantel were enjoying some time at the beach Saturday in New South Wales, both reportedly surfing at Shelley Beach when a great white shark latched onto the woman's right leg, intent apparently on eating her. He did what any Australian man, after having grown up around all manner of deadly plants and animals, would do. He jumped off his surfboard and into the water, rushed to his wife's side, Climbed on the back of the 10 foot great white and then proceeded to beat the crap out of it until it let go. Apparently, a good eight to 10 roundhouses to the shark's nose will make it let go. She went, underwent surgery but will recover.
1: Boy, that guy there, Cliff, is pretty lucky. <laughs> You're I mean, absolutely lucky. lucky. So, is, so is his wife. I mean, I think even him more so. Why would you say that? There's a guy, Cliff, that for the rest of his married life, yeah. She'll so never have to do another household chore. <laughs> you know, if she tells him to do well, something, it's like, honey, if you recall, <laughs> I wrote a great white for you. That's right. I, I saved you from a shark attack. I punched it and punched it, <laughs> saving you. So I don't really think my socks on the floor are a big deal today. What do you think? <laughs> well, Cliff, you remember earlier this morning you had the story about the man that jumped on the great white shark to save his yes. wife. Yeah. Well... That brought out our resident from Ireland, Indiana. You know him well. <laughs> yeah, Phil McCracken. Yes, and um, <laughs> he has a little comment about that story. Oh, he but, does? Yes. Okay. So here we go. Top of the morning to you, Phil McCracken. We, that woman the shock attack's very lucky she wasn't married to you. You jumped on his back and started hitting him with your mashed potato, huh? and <laughs> <laughs> he the both of you. Okay, all right. <laughs>
0: Oh, and also, Phil, you have to remember, his mashed potato hands are at the end
1: of those little bitty arms. (laughs) I thought it was hurtful, the mashed potato hands, and then the um, (laughs) lucky she wasn't married for you, and then you jumped in on the uh, short arms. Thanks, guys. I I piled on, yeah. Yes, you did, Cliff. (laughs) No good turn goes unpunished, does it, Cliff? Uh Uh-oh. Wait, wait, does that mean what I think it means? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I've heard paybacks are hell. No, 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 no.
0: Okay. (laughs) Weedwin Elisir Sherbatov was growing up in Canada. He, like many boys in that country, had dreams of playing in the NHL. The now 28-year-old recently told a newspaper that growing up, he was on the ice as much as he possibly could be. And while some of his little league and junior league hockey teammates are in fact now in the National Hockey League... He just didn't have the size needed to compete there, but was good enough on skates and handling the puck to play on a higher level. And since he was Jewish, he was eligible to play on the Israeli national team. And on that level, he got even more attention from pro scouts. Soon enough, one of them offered him a contract to play in the club leagues in Europe, which is kind of like a minor league kind of thing. But still, someone's cutting him a paycheck to play a game, which is, you know, a pretty cool thing. But not everyone's happy about it, including some of the rabbis of the Jewish faith, because Sherbatov signed up to play in the Polish Premier League and will suit up for a team representing the town of Ashwesim, Poland. Now, most Americans have no idea where Ashwesim is, perhaps more familiar with what the town was called in the 1940s. Apparently, when the Germans occupied Ashwesim in World War II, they decided to call the town Auschwitz.
1: <laughs> ironic is the word there, Cliff.
0: I told you it was ironic.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> mm. you know, he says we've moved
0: past all that. So he's representing.
1: Cliff, I was listening intently to the seven o'clock news performed oh, you by were. you. Yes, I was today. Well, that's a switch. It is a switch. Well, <laughs> something caught my ear, and I thought, if one year yeah. ago, exactly yeah. on this date, you would have told me. Mm-hmm. that kids going back to school would have to be warned about the kind of face wear they were wearing <laughs> going through the hallways. I would have bet you $1,000. That's never going to be a news story presented by Cliff Ingram. Yep, You can't put signs and ornery <laughs> stuff on your face Vulgarities. Yes. Of course,
0: you know, when you get to a certain age in high school, every attempt is made to wear a T-shirt or something with vulgarities on <laughs> it.
1: Oh yeah, they used to make you either go home or turn it inside out. Turn
0: it inside out. Yeah.
1: And you know somebody's <laughs> going to come up with some cute little symbols or <laughs> you know, numbers yeah. and letters that are going to spell yep. out something. Just kind of like a mm-hmm. license plate. You know what I'm It's like a license plate for your <laughs> face, Cliff. <laughs> You may know. plate <laughs> Well, that's what a face mask is going to turn into, isn't it? You're right. No, you're absolutely Everybody's right. Everybody's putting something different on there. A lady was kind enough, you know, to make me a couple of ones with bacon on there. Yeah. Oh, man, I love them things. <laughs> I about chewed through one of them. Well, Cliff, it's with a little bit of sadness this morning that I have to announce that after six months yep. of broadcasting from the sweatpants lounge, it's... <laughs> about to close down for the for good and I'm a little bit upset about that. I just can't help it, Cliff. I, why why would you be upset? Well I just kinda like it when you're in the sweatpants lounge and <laughs> Well I get to think of all the cool stuff you're doing there that I wish I could be doing.
0: You know, I'm really not doing anything that cool. How's that?
1: That's what you say, but I have the feeling that you got the coolness going down there and I understand that the sweatpants lounge very soon will be a thing of the past and you'll be moving, is that correct?
0: That's that's correct. Although if you think I'm moving back out there Yes, yes. You're you're not exactly right. Oh. <laughs> I'm basically moving the sweatpants lounge to a different location.
1: Is it a secret is location? That,
0: well no, it's not a secret location. <laughs>
1: well I haven't noticed you speaking of it yet.
0: Well, I mean I just I don't have it all set up
1: yet. <laughs> well just tell me this, Cliff. Okay. Wherever it is you're going. Yeah. Can you throw wieners out of a window there? Yeah. Because
0: if um if we arrange that uh, event, I will be able to toss wieners out the window. Oh man. Down, down to anyone, you know, who's ready to catch a wiener.
1: <laughs> Who wouldn't want to work there, Cliff? I mean really. I'm I'm I'm, I'm Here my windows forward. won't open, I can't throw wieners out the door. Or the window. I can't already open the door. It weighs about 40 pounds. This is true. So you think this is going to be a thing that's actually going to happen?
0: Oh, yeah. It definitely is going to happen. It's going to be a couple of weeks, though, before it's ready. Because I have to get the internet all fixed. And basically all of the equipment that I use here at the house has to be moved to that location.
1: And a test run. Make sure it works.
0: There'll have to be a test run, yes.
1: And a grill. (laughs) i got to work on the grill. <laughs> You're not microwaving the wieners now, are you? Because that's oh, horrible. Oh, certainly not. Yeah, Okay.
0: No. This is a fine example of what happens when the government tries to control anything and everything, or at least tries to tell people what to do about their everyday lives. Apparently, someone in the Chinese government thought there was a food waste problem and thus set out on a campaign to reduce it. It seems as if there's an ingrained cultural habit amongst the chinese of ordering extra food when a large group of people go out to eat together not everyone can eat everything and being the gracious kind society they are no one wants to take the leftovers home no one will volunteer to do that insisting someone else do and so if no one takes it it becomes wasted food operation empty plate encouraged those groups to order one dish fewer than the number of diners present and gave restaurant owners a list of suggestions that they could implement to make the plan work. But as you might expect, at least one restaurant manager went a step too far in interpreting those suggestions like, say, this beef place in the city of Shangsha. They hung signs encouraging their customers to be thrifty and diligent in ordering and eating food. And they also put a set of scales at the restaurant's front door and required people to weigh in before eating. (laughs) Way too much? The restaurant puts you on a diet, whether you want to be or not. (laughs) Uh, They have since apologized and removed the scales
1: from the premises. You know, everybody would be running over there to see what you weigh, too. (laughs) No, if you did it here, everybody would be like, let's go see what Mort weighs over here. Yeah,
0: And of course, someone then would... Because everything has to be a competition in this country, if someone tops the day's high, it would go ding,
1: (laughs) and everyone in the building would know there's a new fat man on the premises. It's like a yes, a new fat man in town. It's like a it's one of them old time, um, you know, pinball machines used to have the uh, highest score for the yeah, for the game. That would be exactly what that would be, Cliff (laughs) ding. Well, Cliff, I know that text messaging is so important anymore, and it's important to us here on this program because I just yes. learned something I didn't know. What's that? I did not know that Mount Carmel made the national news over the weekend. <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> Who would have thought that, Cliff? Mount Carmel, Illinois well, on the national I, news. I saw that actually. I mean, I
0: actually pay attention to world events, so I I saw it. It was I saw it on CNN's website. But it was the story which we carried Friday
1: on our news. Maybe they picked that up from you, Cliff. I doubt they did. Maybe do. somebody yeah. in the national news is listening to this program and said, hey, it's, that Cliff's got a good yeah. idea there.
0: Well, huh? if someone if someone from the national news is, in fact, listening, I'll send you my resume.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> you're really moving out of this wet pants lounge, aren't you? <laughs> Well, Cliff, I saw this morning, too, along with that uh, notice I just got from one of our friends in Mount Carmel, that uh, there's a march that's being planned for this coming Friday in New York City. Okay. And this giant march, they're anticipating thousands and thousands of people. It's going to be to protest the government's coronavirus response. Okay. And how bad all of those folks think the government's done. Yep. Because nothing stops the spread of this virus like gathering in large groups together, all close to each other.
0: Oh, I don't know, say for like a 50-person private mini-prom event?
1: Well, yes, and then when you get thousands of people in New York... Yeah. Come on, people. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Cliff, I guess at nine, 9.06 we'll play the game. Maybe a prize, maybe punishment.
0: Wait, 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 wait hold on. I thought you said that we were going to do it this hour. Well, I got... Um, <laughs> Why, why are we now not doing I mean, we had already set plans down. We are going to do it this hour, and now you're shuffling stuff around, and we're not going to do it until like 9.07 or 9.08. Well.
1: What's up with that? 9.06. But anyway, but I they, got distracted, it, Cliff. I got distracted. Got distracted. And, yes, I got to uh, playing with the blinds. and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you mean the blinds in the big front window? Yes. it's almost, the ones that... The
1: ones in the studio. No, the ones out by the big front window out there, and they okay. got behind on time.
0: Were we'll you like sending Morse code? I to was the, kind of like doing that to over Walgreens, to Walgreens. There, what was going yes. On. yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you were sending Morse code <laughs> to Walgreens. <laughs> I didn't even know you knew Morse code.
1: Well, um, I know uh, enough to say help. Carly Pierce, along with Lee Bryce, if I can get the words out here on the morning <laughs> road show. <laughs>
0: Carly Pierce. nine
1: twenty-four. <laughs> well, Cliff, I'm all excited about our take it to the bank this morning because, well, because I'm going to let you choose, Cliff, between two different things. You want me to things. choose? Yes. Okay. Here's the options that we have this okay. morning, as bad as they okay. are: pineapples or underwear. It's up to oh. you, Cliff. <laughs> I can choose pineapples or underwear. Either one. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm fine with both.
0: Uh. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm going to go with underwear.
1: Underwear it is. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a Jeopardy question.
0: I'll take underwear <laughs> I'll... <laughs> for 400 Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget to phrase your response in the form of a question. Exactly
1: right. Well, All right. What is tidy is tighty-whities? <laughs> <laughs> Time now for Take It to the Bank. And today's topic? Yes. Underwear. <laughs> right. The underwear companies, Cliff, suggested that all of us Swap out, and that's their words, swap out your old underwear and get a new pair at least every six months. <laughs> 85% yeah. of people who responded to the survey said they don't know how long they've owned the pair of underwear they have on. Okay. I'm wearing a pair of back from the days when Alf was still on TV. <laughs> I label them on the label, whatever's popular. I just got rid of my Gunsmoke ones not too long ago. 13%.
0: Wait, wait. wait. So so the ALF show was on, the last show was on the air in 1990. Yes. So it's more than 30 years. That's right. You're wearing underwear that's 30 years
1: old. Today, and I'm quite proud of that, Cliff, and I'm really (laughs) proud that you picked underwear as our topic. 13% of people say they've worn the same pair for a week or even more. Do, do that math when you're looking at people today <laughs> no no yes,
0: so so what was this association again, the American underwear Association? yeah, pretty was well, yeah, yeah,
1: they did a survey,
0: <laughs> so they're saying he's even if you wash your underwear and wear them after a period of time, you just need to dispose of them and purchase new ones
1: every six months, every six months, yes. And yet you've got some on right now that are more than 30 years old. Not one of my prouder moments, Cliff. I was hoping we were going with pineapple, but we didn't. Well, if we went with
0: pineapple, I'm sure Phil McCracken would call in and have a wise-ass comment.
1: I'm sure he would, too. And finally, Cliff, what? a whopping 45% of us have worn the same pair for two days or longer.
0: You mean like without washing them?
1: Yes, without changing them either.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I beg to differ a little bit here, Cliff. Okay. Because if you've worn the same pair for several days. Yeah. I'm betting Yeah. It's going to and it's going to undergo some changes, if you know what I'm saying. But all of that <laughs> You mean coloration type. Well, whatever. <laughs> all of that you can take That's- to the bank. We don't need to be um going on text messaging there, Cliff. Figuring yeah. up the age of my uh, pair of underwear I threw away from the gun smoke <laughs> era of TV. Uh, 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 it seems like there's a debate going on about what year that all ended, and it's like, okay, we, yeah. we went past that, and we're on to something else now. <laughs> Did you see that, Cliff?
0: I'm I'm looking at it right now, actually. Yeah, kind of sad,
1: <laughs> isn't it, Cliff? That. <laughs> There's a long discussion on there. I just threw that out as a reference point, not, uh, you know, let's play trivia with gun smoke
0: And your underwear. Yes.
1: (laughs) Cliff, was there anything said today? Phrases of a day start
0: with number three. The tongue is the fastest. And if your name is Cliff Ingram, it's also the strongest. Oh, I knew that was going to get in there.
1: (laughs) We slipped past it. I thought we was done with it. Okay.
0: All right. Number two. I didn't possibly think he would pick number two. (laughs) Some people do, and they win. Well, yeah, they do. And the number one Morning Roadshow phrase for today is really kind of advice that you need to watch what you put on your mask, because it could end up being a license plate for your face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you think about it, Glyph, you can put just about anything on there. Yep. Well, unless you're in school. (laughs)
0: Then you can't. Then you can't. (laughs) No vulgarity, please. No, please. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.